Live from the Talking Joe studios, it's Talking Joe with Chief and Chris. Hey, 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 it's me, Chiefy Two Shoes. I'm joined by my good buddy, Chrissy Nine Shoes. I don't know where that came from. Yeah, it's Chris, Diagnostic 80 from the Full Force, and of course, this show, obviously. How's it going? Well, no, before you ask me how it's going, and before I ask you how it's going, uh, we've got a little thing to get out of the way because it's time for beverage of the show. Beverage for the show. Beverage for the show. Now I am gonna go and drink my beverage for the show. Me first or you first? I'm going first this time. I have managed to track down um, and I've already finished it, which is hilarious. Um, (laughs) Didn't even it's not even for the show, it just prepped me for the show. And that is the new Dr. Pepper Berry uh flavored ah, Dr. you Pepper. mentioned this last week yeah yeah managed to get get hold of some and it's delightful it has that dr pepper kind of vibe uh and at the same time has a little berry twist going on in there so yeah it's uh it's one that i was very i was excited about because i'm a bit of a dr pepper fan and yes. um yeah i don't know i don't even know what that like uh, it's it's one of those like mysteries in life as to what flavor it is and it's yep. like a mixture of lots of different ones apparently but ah, I, okay. I used to think it was almost like it reminded me a little bit of like cherry coke. But then there's this yep. other flavor in there that kind of completely kind of raspberry-ish. Yeah, maybe. it's really yeah. weird, and do, no one seems to really know what. Yep. But you know, it would be like you know, like what Coke flavor? Do you know what I mean? Like Coca Cola yep. flavor? Like D- Dr Pepper is just its own flavor, basically. So yeah, now, I've got I've got a question for you here already. Uh, in the shop where I get my beverages from, they have a little section which has kind of you know international or, or slash American sodas, if you will, and they had a vanilla Dr Pepper, which is Ooh, yeah. not seen on the regular shelves yep. of the UK stores. So I haven't bought it for this week, but my question to you is: Is that worth having a go? I'm a, I'm like yourself. I'm a big Dr Pepper fan. It so, is. I'm going to just yeah, go okay. in, go out and say yes. If it's got Dr Pepper um, attached to it, I'll probably drink it unless it's diet, yeah, which I, I don't bother with the diet stuff. But um, again, I'm not a massive soda drinker. It's only considering you asked me to do beverage for the show. Okay. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, I've got to find all these like randomly different beverages everywhere, and that yes. was that was one that was piquing my interest because okay. on the occasional time I do have soda, it will be a Dr Pepper or a Mr Pib, which is the kind of okay. the kind of like other version of dr pepper in the us uh, if they right. have pepsi or cola products it you know it depends what you have in any okay. case i've also added a snack to this beverage for the show nice. uh, and that is a bag of quinn pretzel peanut butter filled pretzel bit bites and they're amazing so they're only little you know little kind of i don't know like little cornish pasty kind of <laughs> yep. pretzel bites with covered in like what is like you know that kind of crusty sea salt topping nice. and then inside you've got this kind of nice gooey peanut butter and it they're just amazing and very addictive anything so, with peanut butter in i'm all over so yes um, agreed that, that, it's that or it's all delightful. over you right yeah correct yeah obviously obviously but nice nice appreciate that and that's me all, eating oh one. nice crunch nice crunch well actually we'll try and get some pictures take some pictures for me and uh, we'll stick them up on the socials so people can sure. see what we're eating and drinking um i have got uh, let's have a look here. Uh, it's a 240 mils, because obviously we're sensible in the UK and we go metric. 
240 mils, which is an odd... What's not dimension? What's capacity. The cubic cu- capacity, yeah. Cubic capacity. It's an odd volume. It's an odd volume to start <laughs> with. Cans. Can, interestingly, cans in the UK, standard size cans are 330 mils, but they're actually bigger, I think, in the States. Oh, the, the, well, the cans like, are not, not that standard size. We went into a restaurant the other day, and yeah. they, asked for a, we, they we asked for a drink, and they said, What's, you know, what size would you like? And this was just like a regular standard restaurant. And the, the woman started with like her hand a certain distance from the table to show the size and then it just kept getting bigger and i was like so hang on the lowest one you have is like a child like it's like six it's like four feet tall that's your (laughs) it was crazy smallest yeah Yeah. everything's bigger out here this is called a rani float and that's r-a-n-i float and it's got pictures of a couple of strawberries and a banana. And then the, the thing where it describes it is strawberry banana fruit drink with real fruit pieces. Hmm. I've, I've never had a fruit drink. I've never had a fruit drink with pieces. No. And then there's four instructions along the bottom. Shake, shake, drink, chew, tap. Pop it. Push it. Pull it. Man, that looks easy. Have it. Sure, it looks easy. Pop it. But it's not. Wow. I've got no idea. I'm going to do it. Let's do it. Shake. Surely if this is a fizzy drink... No, it's a prank. It's a prank. I'm literally going to open this can. It's going to go everywhere. And it's got the ring pull. It's proper old school. It's like a ring pull from 1985. So it comes off and stays off. So it's going to come off and stay off by the look of it. And you can, you can like... If you separate the ring pull from the bit, you can flick it like a frisbee kind oh, of thing. Oh, brilliant. Oh, there you go. No. It, and then... Yep, ring pull's completely off. I used to like the fact that, you know, the actual ring part, I was almost said ring piece, that would like, almost like you could kind of fix it to the other part of the metal piece that you peeled out, and you could separate Mm. the two with a bit of fiddling, yeah, totally. Oh yeah, I've got, it's got pieces. Weird. I'll try another gulp. So you didn't get covered in it, thankfully. Mm. Oh, bizarre, because... The texture is almost like a smoothie. Oh, like I was going to say, I was going to say, if it's got peas, it's probably a yogurt that you're drinking. I was but not expecting that. Is it nice? But the Rani Float, they did another flavour as well, which I'm, I'm, I won't get the next week, but I'll get that another time. Yeah, um, not too bad. Not too bad. 69p. Pretty pretty reasonable. Easy. How, how, how are you, sir? What have you been up to? <laughs> well, out shopping for f- food and drink for this show no um i've been good we just finished the ohio toy and comic show in ohio in dayton uh and it was absolutely amazing a big shout out to aaron dietrich who runs the show roma collectibles uh shout out to kenny to joe colton to mary mercenary cosplay to wes whitlock what's his uh something revenge city i think it might just be revenge city but anyway shout out to those guys and pretty much everyone uh what's on joe mind gary godso mike irizari uh, Rob Irizarry, um and obviously, and Joe just mentioned, and then the the infamous podcast guys. Big shout out to them. Uh, it's great seeing Johnny and Brian again. Shout out to those guys, um, and then obviously everyone at the show that I'm that you know I saw friends for you know I haven't seen for a while. Um, Erica Rania at Boss Fight and Tony, the one of the new acquisitions of Boss Fight as a sculptor, new employees. He is lovely. So big shout out to Tony. You're a talented man, sir. Some of the stuff he has done as well. Wow, incredible. Also, who else was there? Marauder Task Force was there. I got a big shout out to Warlords of War, who sold me the most amazing little. They're kind of like little GI Joe esque homage figures with the Glyos okay. system. I'll I'll send you pics and stuff of them. They're great. I've got a Roadblock one and a Cobra Commander one. But then also, I, I just got the bug while I was there with the figures that he had, and I had to pick up the um, 
it was like the major blood i got a major blood one as well which is really cool but then also uh, this dino riders one uh it wasn't the rasp dino riders one it was like the different colorway because he'd run out of the rasp dino riders ones and a toxy from toxic crusaders so they're really cute little figures i love them they're great uh big shout out to them uh they're kind of like um master of the universe kind of style looking but very small and okay. connect like um you know kind of with the glass system anyway had a great time great show uh, we met we, we met up with morgan lofting again uh the first time that she was the voice of the baroness from the cartoon uh, and many many other things but um we we met her at roll out roll call and she remembered both kate and i and we were right we had the table next to her so we had a lovely day just chatting with her and hanging out she's just adorable and yeah just it was an amazing show great vendors great you know just awesome and I, I had to do a panel while i was there as well for um hoarder which is the new app and site that i've been developing with a couple of colleagues in the united kingdom so that's going to be coming very soon the app um very very soon in actual fact i've got a meeting later this week about that but yeah so everything's going good everything's cool um kind of just coming down from that weekend i suppose because we, we had to come back on the sunday and that's it's like an eight hour drive so i smashed that out in one go and then um you know just kind of like been getting back into the swing of things with work and what have you but uh yeah how how are you my good man yeah not too bad i am on about 75 percent of my optimum capacity for living after the chest infection which has now pretty much gone i'm just got a bit of kind of nasal congestion um you know kind of coldy but that's fine I, i'm man enough to shake that off yeah and i've actually just been this afternoon to the doctors because while i was getting uh, my um, examination a couple of weeks ago from from a gp about the chest um that she looked in my ears and said oh your ears are impacted you need to get those syringe so i actually had for the last five days i've been putting olive oil in my ears and i thought oh, this mate. was like a I thought it was a prank. I thought someone was winding me up as a setup. So there's me lying down on the bed for 10 minutes in each <laughs> year, putting olive oil in the ears to soften the wax, apparently. And went in today, about an hour ago, and um, she basically, you've, like you say, you've had it done. I've never had it done. She got this little yeah. jet wash, pr- high-pressure jet wash thing, mm-hmm. shoved it in my ear and just blasted this wax out of my ears. Gross, and now I think, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute, there's a cat meowing about five miles away i think i hear it i've literally got super hearing now i'm not even kidding it's changed my life dude i know exactly so. how you feel mate i've had like kind of ear infectiony type stuff because i'll have i had eczema as a kid and then that led to just like very sensitive skin and then inside my ears i always get like a wax build up and like that it's actually not too bad yep. at the moment because i've changed my diet and that seemed to do a lot for it uh, do you know what get funny enough what um sets me off is a lot of chocolate or a lot of uh, fizzy pop so if I have a lot of that stuff, then my ears start to kind of, you know, start getting gross and a bit gooey and gross. It, anyway, uh, hello, ladies. In any case, um, <laughs> over the time, like they start, they say that you don't really, you shouldn't really be doing the whole jet washing the ears thing very often um, right. because it, you know, can, you know, damage the the hearing area and all that kind of stuff. But what I ended up doing was getting one of those like kind of over, not over the counter, but like in the drugstore kind of little squeezy they're almost like little squeezy pipette type things. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I basically just squirt warm water in there, uh, and and squeeze it like force squeeze it all out, and that's done the trick. You know, whenever I've had that in, ever since. If in doubt, if in doubt, squeeze it out. Oh, also, I should say, um, I, I completely forgot to mention this. Apologies to Ryan and Molly, who uh, are also very good friends of ours. 
and ryan is the guy that did the secto viper and tele viper costumes like they're frigging amazing i'll send you pictures for the twitter account but basically we went with those two wonderful human beings and molly was great she bought us women vegan donuts every day i mean how amazing is that nice. so lovely lovely people we went to the u.s air force museum on the sunday like in the morning um and it we, we were there for like four hours walking around it's just amazing so i took tons of pictures of like gi joe vehicles they have the x29 which is like the experimental plane that became the the uh inspiration for the x30 they have the flat cannon they have blimmin the rattler obviously the a10 was there they have the stealth bomber they have the blackbird and they even have this like little drone that was a part that went on the blackbird originally and they have the designs for it. And that's where the Ra- Night Raven gets its um, kind of design cues oh, from right. as well, including the drone, which is just awesome. Like, I was just, like going around and just kind of like, okay, that's a G.I. Joe vehicle, click. That's a G.I. Joe vehicle, click. And then I put it in like a big load of like fit pictures and posted it on the Full Force uh, Facebook page. So if you want to see my G.I. Joe pictures, go there. And they also had loads of cool artwork from like, um, you know the side of planes and stuff so they had uh, okay, snake yeah. eyes ace wild weasel all these different references uh that i'm i'm sure kind of uh, found their way into gi joe that that direction but it was yeah it was really really cool had a great time and that air force museum guys if you get to go if you get a chance to go or if you don't get a chance to go just bloody go it is incredible it's free for a start yep. and it is dramatic it's just four like maybe even more than that hangers of you know like and, and it's all through history so you, the first hangar is like all like world war uh, like well first flight like the wright brothers and early world wars uh, you know planes and then like world war 2 going into like vietnam and then like you know uh, it's just incredible and then modern stuff and then um ro- there's a whole like missile silo as well like just this huge like tall building with like these these like huge rockets in there it's just it's it's like a james bond movie it's incredible so yeah go go if you haven't been it and if you have been go again it's just incredible yep good stuff good stuff um the only other things that i've been up to really is preparing for london film and comic-con i'm going on friday awesome which will be the day after this is uh, up live. I've got a few commissions to pick up. I've got two from Jack Lawrence, who is former Transformers, IDW Transformers artist and cool. current Sonic the Hedgehog artist. Uh, I've got one to collect from uh, Dan Boltwood, who is kind of an independent artist, um, does a lot of digital stuff. And I've got one to pick up from someone else. Uh, Phil Wenslade, who is an uh, old-school uh, 2000 AD artist, currently doing some stuff, uh, a series called Lawless for 2000 AD in the Judge Dredd magazine with Dan Abnett. Amazing. And he's done a load of American stuff. And, yeah, there's a few other guys. Uh, wanting to get something from Nick Roche, was going to do me a piece, um, a Transformers, long-time IDW Transformers artist, but he's not there on the Friday. We interviewed Nick on our show, and I got him. Okay. I, made, I made him a hot rod t-shirt of him opening the matrix which he loved so wicked i gave that to him at tf nation but yeah nick roach is amazing love that guy and then that's it for that and then today is new on the wednesday this is this is new comic book day so i'll pop down to the comic book shop and i've picked up batman curse of the white knight issue one which is the sequel to the sean murphy batman white knight series first issue mark wade and javier rodriguez on issue one of history of the marvel universe and issue one of the relaunched x-men book house of x by jonathan hickman 
uh, Pepe Larraz. So uh, I'll read those tonight. But apart from that, yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Um, so we've established, as always, at this part of the show, that we're upbeat and happy. So that can only mean one thing. We've got to go inside Chief's mind. Ah! So, people, people. Just in, is that it? Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry, people, I just, just people. People, yeah. People getting on, getting on my goat. No, people pulling a fast one, or potentially pulling a fast one. Now, I could be completely off base here, but here's the scenario. I'll lay it out for you. I, when me and the missus lived in Guildford, down south, uh, south-ish, we had a dentist there, and then we moved uh, up to kind of south of London. Sensibly, she changed her dentist to one that's five minutes around the corner. Foolishly, me kept my same dentist. So, and that is about an hour and a quarter on the train probably about an hour on the motorbike a bit less than an hour on the motorbike and what it means though is when I have to do a dentist I probably have to take a half day holiday whereas if I had the dentist five minutes on the corner I could do it on my lunch break yeah. and work from home work from home that day something like that so I wouldn't have to use holiday so anyway decided to make the switch and get the dentist around the corner so went in for a initial checkup, which was like 53 quid because they have to do a first consultation yeah. Now, bearing in mind, when I went to my old dentist, they were like, yeah, teeth are fine. I haven't had any work done for ages. So I've gone to this one. She's like, oh, yeah, your teeth look good. Oh, yeah, yeah, you obviously take good care of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then she said, going to take a couple of x-rays, took a couple of x-rays. And then she said, oh, yeah, your teeth look really good. Um, we'll book you in for the three fillings you need. And that's going to be 360 quid. I was like, what? I've, I've, I've made a decision to change my dentist because I thought it was going to be more convenient and cheaper because I won't need to take time off. And now I've got a £360 bill plus the 53 quid consultation I had to have. And none of this stuff, the previous dentist, and it said any of this. So unless, you know, I suppose it's possible that over the last six... <laughs> it's possible that over the last six months I have developed three things that need fillings. But I don't know. I'm suspicious. New patient, you know... Let's fleece the new patient. You know, he doesn't know I what feel, he's in for. I feel that with everything I do, especially out here. But out here, you kind of, you're told up front how how screwed you're going to get. Do you know what I mean? Like, right, it's, okay. It's like, you know, that. I mean, out like, I go to the dentist in the UK still. That's how, that's okay. how ridiculous it is. Like, when we go and visit, my, when I go and visit my folks over Christmas, we do our dentist trips. And Kate does it too, because it's cheaper. And it's not f- horrible. Like, in the US, yeah. it's like... If you if you do anything health based, it's going to destroy you if you don't have health insurance. It's, but if you do have health insurance, you're getting destroyed every month anyway. And right. a lot of the time, you still get destroyed if you have health insurance because you pay like a deductible or you pay like you know the 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 bit between the whatever, which is still like loads of money. And it's just I look at it and think you know there are people that are, are, are like just accepting they just accept this and it's like you're you're shifting so much money a month it is unbelievable like it's yep. just impossible unless you have like a 100 plus 1000 dollar a year job and they do your health insurance stuff for you if you don't have that you're kind of in a weird kind of place like where you're not poor enough to have the stuff that will like you know like medicaid or whatever but you're not in a position to pay so much money for like anything that's actually going to help you so it's really messed up in any case ran over uh, i'd rather be in your position um <laughs> <laughs> right now than okay. my position well, right now in that anyway sense. i've got the first the first one is tomorrow i've got a couple of fillings booked in for after work tomorrow so straight on the credit card but um 
that's now that that's out the way. Yeah, now, now that that's out the way, um, we get to the section where people probably want to listen to, which is a uh, comic talk. Comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap, and Chris discusses them. Whoa, comic talk, oh, comic talk. Larry Hammer writes them cheap, and Chris discusses them. Whoa, right. This week we are covering Special Missions twenty six. And then Real American Hero 92, which will rank as a two-parter. Massive ranker. And then a couple of singles, 26, 27 and 28, which will round out our special missions. Mm-hmm. And then we're going full bore on Real American Hero uh, going forward. For the rest of our lives. For the rest of our lives. <laughs> uh, special missions 26, Passing of the Guard, cover by Andy Kubert. It's one of these symbolic covers. It's death holding up the scales of justice or scales. Bit of a giveaway, isn't it, really? Well, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, obviously, spoilers, the four guys on the right die. No. <laughs> yeah. Those four die? Yes. Yeah, that is a the four thousand that die. percent. But why is it? Why would you... I suppose they're not going to kill Flint and Beachhead. It's the fact that it's grab. called Passing of the Guard. Oh, okay, you're saying <laughs> so, the title. I was, so I was you've got the that cover. written out there. Yeah, I mean, it, when I first got to this issue... I don't think at any point I was thinking, oh, the October Guard dead. Do you know what I mean? Like, But it's just, when you actually read into it, it's like called the passing of the guard. You've got the four guys that die yeah. on the right-hand side. You've got, you know, Dana and Dragonski that are still alive. So I don't know. It's, it's yeah. I really, I, I really like this cover. I like the fact that Dana's kind of reaching out. I know, you know the, yeah. the expressions on the guys' faces. I really, really like this cover. It's amazing. And, and death in the yeah. background's dark as hell, man. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is... Larry Harmon on script, Herb Trimpe pencils, Danny Bolendi inks, Phil Felix letters, Neil Yomtov colours. Now, the, that's the first thing I'm going to mention is Herb Trimpe, who has done the lion's share of all these special missions, bar a few, over a few recent issues, I don't think it has been up to his highest standard. But this, this is him literally on... This could be some of the best Herb Trimpe art I've seen. It's absolutely unreal. It's gorgeous. So many, like, amazing panels. Look at that opening splash page where the October Guard in that... That's not the vehicle they had in the snow, is it? Because that had a snowplow. Remember that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This is something different. Yeah. But this looks bad man. Look at it. It's, It's giant. Big, chunky, massive wheels... Tons of yeah, guns coming out of it. Yeah, it's brilliant. So this this story, very quick synopsis. This story is in Sierra Gordo, mm-hmm. uh, our, one of our old favourite stomping grounds, um, and this features Joes, Cobras, Iron Grenadiers, and October Guard, obviously. And it's all about El Jefe. I think the yep. October Guard are there to capture El Jefe because they want kind of to install him as kind of like a puppet who's under their under their command yep. kind of thing yep. is that right this is another one of those ones of political intrigue and, yeah. and stuff yeah. and, and it, the, the the scales tip so often that you yeah. don't really know what el jefe is actually you know wh- where his allegiance lies at any point it's all over yeah. the place isn't it and the joes are there disguised as kind of civilians and what are they there actually what's their <sighs> i only read this earlier today and already i'm thinking what's their motivation for being there? well they want el jefe too but they're trying to do it more stealth like the problem is october guard just went full bore and broke in and smashed the place up and started shooting um, the pla- shooting what's the place. voltar what's voltar's deal here what does he want to do with el well, jefe? voltar is has got him under his protect not his protection his custody already like that okay. basically all these three factions want el jefe they, they want the region don't they so they want to control yep. the region and obviously if you have el jefe you control the region now yep. the the thing is all these three factions want him uh for different reasons 
and that's where we end up with this kind of like again coming together of everybody joe's yeah. are kind of more subtle they're more stealth yeah. uh october guard just bash in there and like you know yeah. don't give the uh iron grenadiers slash cobra troops any kind of <laughs> like you yeah. know a warning or anything they're just straight in there and they're all running out in their pants trying to put their gear on yeah like you say that opening bit is where the october guard have burst through the wall and Voltar, there's some great panels early on. Voltar's coming out, pulling his trousers up. He's got a vest with a cobra, cobra insignia on his on his vest. And there's another bit, a couple of pages later, where there's a guy in the background, literally putting Voltar's helmet on his head. Yeah, there's a viper. I mean, this is you know great stuff. And there's when the October Guard, are, they they destroy all the vehicles, don't they, to stop them? Yeah, they've got El Jefe. They're doing an extraction. But they destroy all the vehicles, but they leave them the latrine field portables and the heater immersion types. That's nice of them. <laughs> so yeah, but we actually see a couple of things here. We actually see the Tiger Force Stinger, do we? Tiger Sting. We do. We see the Tiger Sting. Absolutely. Yeah. In like one panel or yep. something like that. Well, a couple, but Falcon, Shockwave, and Recondo. Yes, yeah. Yeah, Ricondo we've not seen for a while, I don't think. Uh, Shockwave's been having a quite a lot of appearances. Falcon we've not seen that much of. But we also see here, I was going to ask you about this, these Cobra jetpack things that the Iron, yeah. or the Iron Grenadiers are flying. Were they actual toys or not? Yeah, they, they came out. They were like they came out in like a red and black colour and they've been re-released ever, like since. There was a, in fact, they recently came out in the modern era, kind of retooled, jetpacks for the uh, battle android troopers in the okay. i think like the force of battle set from like uh, disney when we were at disney a couple of years ago but yeah it's yeah, very, yeah. They're, 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 you know i quite they're actually quite cool chunky vehicle like you know little kind of mini vehicle things are quite cool like you mentioned also it's you know a lot of to and fro and wrangling and tipping of scales and a lot of kind of political stuff going on as well because there's a scene there where El Jefe's kind of having it out with Colonel Breakov in in the getaway truck, and he says, El Jefe says, but I soon find that I had to make compromises to even get the little things done. Soon I was overwhelmed with compromise, and Breakov's the first stumbling block of revolution. And then they actually have a bit of an argument. No, the first step towards self-awareness. Now I know what I want. I want to run things in Sierra Gorda. I want to be in charge for the good of the people, a dictatorship in trust for the people. And then he kind of cuts him off, and they have a big argument, and then, you know, he's kind of delving into it's not just let's capture this guy and off we go you know harmless digging into a bit more deeper deep-rooted feelings etc and philosophy yeah he's great at doing this kind of really confusing political thing <laughs> yes yes where you're kind of like well because th- that's the thing these these issues are never clear like there's never like a clear uh black and white type thing which is what most comics are all about it's all very very clear a lot of the time especially for kids so this, for it to be so complex and so deep, there was always that kind of thing that Larry brought to those comics, and he does it again yeah. in this issue totally. Is that is that a new outfit for Dragonski? The kind of pink and purple. Have we seen that before? Was that that wasn't always his outfit, was it? I want to say it? that's the only outfit I know him in. Oh, possibly then, possibly, and I'm just miss. Maybe he wasn't in the last October Guard story we saw. Poss- yeah, possibly. He had. You, yeah. I mean, usually it's 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 it might have been drawn differently, like uh, stylistically, but that that's the okay. colours he's usually rocking. Yeah, they the Razorback things. What's the driver of the Razor? Razor Wild Boar. Wild Boar. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I like that vehicle. Does it do anything? Does it come like um, up on its wheels or something? When Destro's Razorback gets Joe inside, it rises up and starts to fight, but nobody beats the Joe, a real American hero. Yeah, it does that kind of like yeah that kind of flex up like a thing? Yeah. Okay. 
for this sort of kind of bubble. Again, it was a vehicle that I never had, but I quite always like the design of that. Yeah, all the all the Iron Grenadiers vehicles were pretty banging, weren't they? They all had like yeah, yeah some pretty cool things going on. There's a cool there's a cool bit here as well during during this sketch. They're on the train tracks now, the October Guard heading towards. There's a Razorback, and there's also the train because the October Guard are kind of split up now. Well, they drove off the train, didn't they, onto the track? Yeah, there's a, to kind there's of a get train which, as a train at this point, you you're led to believe it's kind of peasants slash civilians in the train and the horror show and Breakoff. They're basically taking some fire. And there's a cool panel here on page 23 where Breakoff's taken some and horror shows. You must sit up straight to drive properly, comrade colonel. And Breakoff says, "Too many bullet holes. I'm losing structural integrity." integrity yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's interesting here is that they have to they have to change the track direction to Correct. basically kind of you know so they don't all die. Um, and the unfortunately one of the the yeah the Razorback is kind of like laying down this fire ahead of them, like trying to yep. stop them and trying to uh, stop uh, Brekov and, and Horror Show, and obviously this is like where Shrej and Stormavic jump off the vehicle or off the yeah, and they they go to try and manually change the track direction so that the train will go in the right direction. Yeah. And one of them is that is that Shrage or Shrage? He, oh, he I always pronounce he it Shrage. Shrage. Yeah, he takes it early doors, man. Yeah, and falls on the lever, doesn't he? And that's yeah. brutal that panel. And then the next panel, the colouring, the one where he's taking it platoon style in the back. The next one. Very subtle colouring, kind of yeah, all darkness. muted sort of magenta yeah. and, and dark background. It's pretty powerful. It's amazing. And then obviously Stormavik's doing the similar thing, but he's fighting about 20 friggin' <laughs> like yeah. enemy at, at what by hand. And you think he's kind of dead and he's not going to get there, but it, he fights his way out and, and yeah. manages to, um, to kind of jump on the switch yeah. or uh, lever. Horror, horror, horror shows the second one to go in, because... Uh, Colonel Breakov is. Uh, we're going to stop the horror show. They are not going to stop this revolution. It's a pause. And he's just horror yeah, show? Question mark. And it's like, him. oh, you know, he's down. It's like, oh my god, oh, I'm actually feeling things. It's I was sad. getting the feels. It's sad. He throws the grenade in the back as he well. Throws the grenade in the back, and you know, blows him up. And then, like your man who's been um, Stormovic, who's been pinned down by about ten people. Suddenly, you can't stop me. I won't let you down. And then he falls on the switch, and you know, then he goes. The, the track gets diverted. Look at that panel with his eyes open. No, that's so dark. Oh, it's, so dark. It's really dark. And then you find out that it's not civilians or peasants in the back. It's the scummy uh, official representative of the North American banana monopoly, Delbert Swinson. <laughs> what a scumbag this guy is. <laughs> what a Swinson bag. <clears throat> yeah. And he's actually teamed up with El Jefe in the end. Uh, they cut a deal and all the guns get pointed on the remaining October Guard and G.I. Joe team. Dun, dun, so, dun. Yeah, exactly. And then we have to move over to Real American Hero 92. And there was no actual... I'm just looking here. There was no actual sign posting. So, because I wasn't getting special missions at the time. I was ordering Real American Hero from America in big batches. Yep. And this was well past the date of its release. So I just ordered, you know, issues like 60 up to 100 from East Coast Comics. And then... At the end of issue 91 in American Hero, there was no signposting to say, make sure you read Special Missions 26. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember reading 92 for the first time. They just expect you then, to read all of it, don't they? And you get to a bit and there's like all these... And there's actually got some wrong um, indication here because in 92, you get to a bit later on and he says, the Joes and October Guard survivors were captured in Special Missions 24. Well, obviously it was actually 26. But... Yeah, actually, I think you'll find. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> But um, I this, been, this, I wonder if that's been corrected in the IDW one. No, twenty-four. Oh, it says. It says oh, does it really? Well. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. So this one, I mean, this one, st- this obviously carries on, but you do get a little bit of, you know, six to eight pages of prep prior to it directly picking up. And these first pages are classic. Yeah. Real I love classic, this. You know. I love this. I mean, are we talking about the the cover? Of course. Yeah, of course. We're talking about the cover. So this is um, the Thunderclap uh, and it's firing and who's your man? It's Long Range is the driver, Correct. I think. Correct, uh, and just even the color scheme of the of the the horizon, the sun, you know, is red to orange to yellow is really cool, and also the wording thunderclap exclamation mark October Guard exclamation mark beauty, beauty pageant, pageant. <laughs> amazing. I mean, that could just easily slip under your radar. It can but, also um, it kind of does because of the the font and everything. Like yep. it's not that hundred percent clear on a tiny screen, but yeah. yeah so it, we got um, Larry Harmer scripting. Mark Bright is on pencils here. He's obviously doing the Snake Eyes trilogy coming up next. Uh, Bob Shireen on colours, and who's on it? Andy Emberlin's on inks, and Rick Parker is on letters. And um, I like the art. The art is solid here, really solid. And this, I love this opening bit where the the Joes have got the GI Joe go guide to Cobra we- weapons and vehicles, and then later on, next page, you see the Cobras slash Iron Grenadiers have got the Cobra <laughs> guide to GI Joe brilliant official weapons vehicles, nineteen eighty nine. Brilliant absolutely so, brilliant yeah and this one again is just like you know it, everyone's after el jefe again yeah so these guys these guys are on a train lovely opening page where the trains going along there's some dude with you know he looks like he's fishing uh like larry come it's back like larry hammer he, fishing yeah is it and <laughs> just looks like him i've got a f- funny I feeling guess, it might be him as a young i guess well young he actually comes he actually comes back later on he's actually a spy isn't he yeah uh, that guy i think um he is but yeah the, these guys so who we got here we've got long range cross country armadillo it should armadillo. be armadillo and it's rumbler right. yeah okay but yeah these three guys you know and long i tell you long range reminds me of perceptor oh, okay yeah it reminds me a little bit of a human version of perceptor kind of just slightly in his look and also in the way he talks yeah um you know he's all about the the trajectory computations precision. and yeah, precision yeah. yeah yeah but they, there's a condor and again this is this is a cool vehicle man i, I you know never again never had it and i forgot it detached as well because it detaches later the front the front mm. little cockpit bit condor's flying over um reporting back to voltar that the the joes are here and they get their guidebook out and this is the thunderclap yeah thunderclap and then uh there's a cool bit where voltar's like mount your forces up because he's going into effectively try and get el jefe back now yeah in the in the uh, North American Banana Monopoly headquarters, and there's a cool bit where Voltar says, "I want the Cobra, Alley Vipers, and Frag Vipers to go in on the first wave. No sense wasting good Iron Grenadiers and Annihilators. <laughs> there's literally a Frag Viper and Alley Viper right in front of him as he says it. <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant. brilliant. Yeah, and then I, l- I love the way he's drawn these... on this, and I love the vehicle yeah, kind Volta- of roll. Voltar comes out really well in ter- just in terms of visual. He looks fantastic. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's where you get the spy dude, the, the guy from page one. This is your loyal spy, Horatio, at the bridge. Remember me? No, but talk anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Train just passed me, heading in the direction of Sierra Gordo. It was carrying a G.I. Joe Thunderclap. And this is then when um, it cuts back to what, what happened to those Joes and remaining October Guard, uh, Dragonski and Dana. And they're in a, uh, a big iron-barred cell underground in water with loads of crocodiles slash alligators going around and proper bond villain kind of death trap scenario it reminds me of all the vietnam references in all the rambo movies as well yes yes and i tell you another another bit i like here he's a complete knob sack del swinson he's always on two phones at the same time (laughs) amazing just yelling at people all the time on two phones old swanny two phones yeah yeah chiefy two phones 
Swinny, yeah, Swinny two phones, what a douche. Yeah, but art, art is solid here. You get you get you know good action scenes. The the Cobra's coming to start bombing downtown Rio Lindo, uh, running through the streets, and you get kind of a running commentary, don't you? Alley vipers laying down withering fields of fire. Frag vipers lobbing their grenades with unerring accuracy. Yeah, Ex- just explaining explaining their bio cards, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. All the while, <laughs> there is a supposedly beauty pageant going on, which Del Swinson needs to make sure goes ahead because one of his main dudes in Parliament or something who he thinks he's got in his pocket, his daughter, I think, is in the parade. His ugly uh, daughter. Ugly, his ugly daughter. He needs to make sure that she wins the, the um, beauty pageant, which yeah. is, you know, is disguised under the beauty pageant. Is this the first appearance of the Warthog? I believe so, yeah. This is one of my favourite vehicles. I bloody love this. Now, was this vehicle actually assigned to a specific pilot driver or not? Yeah, it had um, version... It Sarge, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter version... For us, it was version 2. And for the right. US, it was like version 4 or... F- yeah, because they had a USA, ver- like a wrestling version, mail away. They had the right. Triple T tank. They had... The Slaughter's Marauders, so it would have been like, yeah, version 3 or 4. Good-looking vehicle, and the crew we got here is Repeater. Uh, yep. You'll like this crew, I think, because you like Repeater. Muskrat, you like Stalker. Yep. Yep. And uh, Backblast is, I think, the first appearance of Backblast. Brilliant. Correct. Really cool. Again, like, they were really pulling out the uh, the recent single-carded figures. Scoop's in there as well, I believe, isn't he? Sco- oh, yeah, he's in the back. Yeah, I see- yeah, of course, he shows up later. Yeah, now I can see him in the back of the Warthog. Great, great, great art here by Mark Bright. And then Muskrat gets a little bit of... Uh, it reminds me of Gambit a little bit because you know he's putting the uh, putting the moves on Dana straight away, <laughs> uh, Gambit and Rogue style, um, and she's like, "I've read all their dossiers," and he's like, "Did you hear that? She's read my dossier." <laughs> um, yeah, it's cute. Yeah, good. Stuff. And then Del, there you go, Del Swinton hitting a crocodile in the face with a phone. Why I know because he's like, "Hey, <laughs> off! I'm, I'm on the phone. How dare you?" <laughs> yeah, great stuff. So the lot, the 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 uh, what's his name? The Big vehicle, what's it called? Thunderclap. The Thunder, Thunderclap. How do you forget Thunderclap? I've got the clap. I've got the Thunderclap. So oh. they've, depart- they've departed from the train because they can lob rounds about 15 kilometres or something, I think. And so they're setting this up and they're with the president, El Presidente because they're supposed to be under the guise of doing some kind of testing of this new yeah. artillery, weapon testing. And they're like... Uh, they kind of trick him a little bit. We're going to set up here and, you know, do I'll do my checks. We're going to lob some lob some rounds in. But they've obviously been in contact with the Joe extraction team and they're providing a bit of assistance, if you will, for the Joe uh, escape attempt. I like how um, Backblast shoots the back of the Condor, which is obviously the Condor's a bit of a threat because that's kind of... It's been drawn over to the, the, the mess at the Miss Sierra Gordo kind of pageant yep. in order to take eyes off what's happening with the Thunderclap. And yep. and so obviously the backblast gets out the back of the warthog and fires like amazing like three barreled bazooka thing that he comes yep. with a rocket launch takes out the back of the condor but as we both know the condor does not die it just separates and the um, it separates yeah and a couple of really cool panels here three guys having to single load a shell into this the barrel of this thunderclap <laughs> yeah and look at the the noise it makes. <laughs> And that panel, yeah, the one there where it's firing, I love that panel, Badoom, and the whole thing is moving, the back of the vehicle's moving. Now, I've never even seen, I've never even seen this thunderclap in, in pictures of the actual toy, so most stuff, if I didn't have it, I've probably seen pictures, but I've never even 
seeing pictures of what this toy looks like, so I'm actually going to have a little look online because <laughs> I don't know what it does. It's got something at the beginning which pulls it, the cannon's in the middle, and there's, I don't know what the purpose of that thing at the back is. Just extra bits for features. Extra bits, okay. <laughs> to make it a better-looking toy. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah. it's another it's another one of those ones that separates, much like, uh, you know, the Mean Dog and got it the maggot and all those kind of yeah they they were going through like um i suppose i don't know there's just always seemed to be like a big vehicle like this that was on that was in the uh the wave of figures that came and vehicles that came out for whatever year it was we had the rolling thunder thunder clap now you know like i said the maggot the mean dog there were always these kind of big multi-purpose kind of things they tried to squeeze in there which was great because they were just amazing toys yeah and then they, the the demons give up chase because there's a big crater in the ground and one of the dudes says, I don't want to mess with anything that makes a crater that I can't spit across. <laughs> Probably sensible. Very sensible. And that's it. They cross the border, so the condor bugs out and it's kind of an all, all's well that ends well. El Presidente's not too sure what's really gone on about the beauty, especially with the beauty pageant and then out pops Dana with a sash saying... Missy Miss Gordo. and gives him a kiss on the cheek. The e- end. Everything's and scoop, fine. Scoop in the background, giving the AOK signal. Amazing. Good stuff. What? Uh, I don't know. What? what let's let's yo Joe it. I guess. Okay. Well, so I I'd have to give it for both issues and for the impact. It's it's interesting that the impact of the October Guard dying happens in the first part of this story. And Very much se- so. And then, but what what I suppose not rubs me the wrong way, but kind of like makes me feel a little ill at ease is in the second part how. Dana and Dragonski, or you don't, you hardly see Dragonski really. I mean, no. he's in there, but he's he's not really prevalent. But Dana, how like they're all smiles and all happy and all that kind of stuff. They've just lost four of their closest friends, you know, yep. and all of a sudden they're with the Joe team, who they're not friends with. They're like they've been at loggerheads with these guys for kind of you know for years, and uh, you know you could kind of say, yeah, well, it's just a it's just a very small scene where. They've completed the mission and they're happy. They're alive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, maybe, but it, I don't know. But it just some felt reflection, a, little... a nice, nice, just you know, a couple of panels of reflection yeah. on what happened in that issue. And I think possibly the way it's draw, the way they're drawn, kind of you know, overly jolly and happy throughout the mission. Yeah, it could possibly be because Mark Bright wasn't aware of what happened in Special Missions Twenty Six. But having said that, Larry obviously wrote Twenty Six, so he possibly could have written in. A couple of panels, yeah, yeah, you know, to to show that. So maybe it's on on Larry more than it is on Mark for, you know, kind of like you said, it's strange that that happened. Normally, that would happen towards the end of the second of yeah, a two parter, yeah, rather than the end of part one. So, or you would get some sort of like you say, like a reflection moment at the end of the issue, like maybe like uh, you know, this is this is for the this is for our fallen comrades kind of thing. You yeah, know what I mean, rather because than is, kiss. Is there even any mention of those four dying? No, in only in part. only in that little note from the editor type thing. But like, there's no, there's nothing that where she says, or you know, you think when she's talking to some of the other Joes that yeah. she could easily kind of come back and say, I don't know, it, it's hard to really kind of say. But I think it just it doesn't necessarily work for me as a two parter. It works as two separate stories, if that makes sense. Yeah. It just happens to be that it's the follow on from that story. I don't think there's a. I don't think there's a connection that requires it to be part two, if that makes sense. Do, do you want to rank it as two two individual ones? Um, or not? I will... It, I'll leave that... What do you think? I don't know. I was always thinking it was a two-part, but now you've kind of said that, and now the more I look at it, you know, it probably could 
be two singles. I'm happy if you want to do it as two separates. I'm going to do it as one because I'll do it as one. As I well. I don't. I think I'd probably like it more than you. And I think the first issue. Oh, I love is, it. No, I think it's great. First issue is definitely better and probably does stand up on its own. But I don't see a massive drop off for me for the second one. It just does feel like a completely different story. But having said that, I am going to put it as a two parter and I'm going to give it a low eight. I will agree with you. I'm going to do a low eight as well. I I, th- I love it. Don't get me wrong. I was just pointing out the fact that I found it very odd that you know she, you go from losing four members of your team to like you yeah. know all jolly and and happy and stuff. The, the guards show up again when we get into the hundreds. And now again, I can't. I've read it so many times, but I can't specifically remember a lot of it. So maybe they do bring up some more reference towards the fallen comrades then what's interesting is in the most recent issue of the idw comic and i won't go into too many spoilers but there could be an odd return that people aren't quite sure about how it's happened yet okay well i'm about i'm about i don't know how many issues 500 issues behind no about 20 you'll get you'll get i was gonna say i thought i'll get to that in real time with when we do it on the show (laughs) exactly that's what i was gonna say yeah okay uh right let's move on Mexican Holiday is issue 27, and this is another Andy Kubert cover. Love this cover. If only the inside was as good. Um, this is quick oh, kick on God, top of I a agree. bus. Quick kick on top of a bus, firing an Uzi, which in the comic book is a water pistol, um, and which Andy Kubert clearly was not given direction on that for the cover, and the bus is under fire. Yeah, um, this, this, this cover has got nothing to do with what happens in this issue. Nothing at all. It's well, just that it's it has in a way that Quick Kick is in it with an Uzi, and there's a bus. He's never but this standing on the bus. This particular scene, this particular scene doesn't happen. No, <laughs> with loads of ripped up clothing, firing an actual real Uzi. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's just odd. It's really weird. And when I read it, the uh, again early this morning, I didn't take any notice of the credits box. But what by the time I got to I think page three, uh, oh no, page four. I was like, wait a minute, this is definitely not Larry Harmer. And I skipped back, and indeed it was uh, Michael Fleischer, who was yeah. the writer. Yeah. Uh, Javier, and who Michael Fleischer was, did, I only know him as work from 2000 AD. He, uh, I think he did a lot of Rogue Trooper after Jerry Finley Day stopped writing it. Um, yeah. And again, his stories potentially weren't the best. Javier Sartarez, penciler. Now I know him from, he did some Flash art uh, at the beginning of Mark Wade's run. Uh, in the early 90s uh, on D- for DC. Yep. Jose Marzen is the inker. Phil Felix, letters, Neil Yontov, colours. So what's happening here is the Joes are going to have a base inspection and uh, there's also another mission that three of them, for some reason, need to get sent on, which is a simple collection of some documents. I don't know why three of them needed to get sent on that mission, but they do, and this is the story of what happens to those three, which is Quick Kick, Outback and Stalker, which interestingly is three quarters of the squad that got trapped in Barovia in their gulag. Yeah. And they're just missing Snowjob. I think, um, when you say you're not really sure why, I think they're giving them the break. I think they're kind of, you know, saying, well, this is an easy mission, let's just have these three take some R&R. Do you know what I mean? Right. So I think that, unfortunately it doesn't really go well for them. <laughs> no. I mean, they've gone down to Mexico. They've got the documents handover literally on page three of the issue. They've done it. So now, like you say, they do R&R, and you immediately get some kind of not-before-seen characterization, especially of Stalker, who appears to be a bit of a sexist pig. Yep. <laughs> uh, quick kicks like, let's take in a few of the local sites. Stalker, I am, buddy boy, I am, as two scantily clad ladies walk past. <laughs> 
Uh, and you now get more this, of stalker. Now, this yeah. is the scene they should have had on the recruitment poster. <laughs> it yeah. sure beats, yeah. whoa, fuck's a lady. Yeah, I mean, you get plenty of that during the, uh, during the issue. And then that's the bit where he's lounging poolside. Look how ripped he is. <laughs> Some lady goes to the diving board. This is her plan is intricate. She goes off the diving board, stays under for ages, waits for Stalker to rescue her, and then give her mouth to mouth. And that's then just ends man. up kissing his face off. Yeah. Um, he reminds me, and I, I, I see Dylan from Predator when I see yes. when I see Stalker yes. in this Love issue. I just yeah, you son of a. B- what the CIA could you push so many pencils? Yeah, so I—that's why I just. This is who I see when I look at Stalker on this particular page when he's like yeah. laying on the bed on the. I'm. The I'm going to go and watch Predator after this this uh, podcast. So let's hurry up because I want to go and watch it. Okay. No. no um. Well, and kind of no. But Chief, there's... you cooked up a story and dropped <laughs> the two of us in the meat grinder. Anyway, carry on. Get to the chopper. Stick around. <laughs> Stick around. Um, yeah, so the, then some weird stuff happens. Basically, the uh, who, who have we got? Sorry, Outback and Quick Kick are on a bus back from. They've gone sightseeing while Stalker's chatting up the ladies. Then they kind of get hijacked by a load of are they counter revolutionaries or rev- no, revolutionaries? Uh, as is hard always to the say, case hard in to say. Special missions. This is a strange bit here because this dude here, he is. Ignacio, and he basically says, you're all prisoners in a war in our armed struggle against US imperialism and Mexico's corrupt counter-revolutionary puppet democracy. So he says, you're all prisoners. One of the guys gets out of the bus with his arms raised and they shoot him dead. Yeah. So wait a minute, you wanted prisoners three panels earlier and now you start killing people. Yeah. And there's a slight justification for that later on because there's a kid dressed up as a soldier and they postulate that the revolutionaries think this kid was a, a real soldier yeah but i still don't know what that means they killed down that they shot down that civilian but anyway he's got a water pistol which quick kick another guy he dies actually here before that happens they take some ucla university javelin thrower with them because he's good at throwing Molotov cocktails, they think. He doesn't even get to throw it at them. No, he gets gunned down, and then Quick Kick launches it, and one guy burns alive here. Literally, he is flaming crispy. Flaming Mo. Outback gets shot, point blank in the face. Deflects off his massive, awesome, bony cheek. Deflects off his obviously steel-plated cheek. Oh, off his uh, beard. Yeah, off his beard. <laughs> Stalker, meanwhile, has pulled a knife on some helicopter pilot to, to get some rescue attempt. On the basis that, wait a minute, those guys should be back by now. I better steal a helicopter and find out where they are. Mental. Quick Kick gets the kids' toy Uzi, gets all the guys to throw down their weapons till water predictably drips out the end. He then squirts it in one guy's face, which somehow disables two of them. <laughs> Big firefight. Quick Kick gets hit on the back of the head. Stalker comes in, launches the helicopter at the bus. <laughs> I, don't know if Dangerous. He, I don't know if he knew all the civilians were out of it. But big explosion. How do you know? How do you know that it's empty? And then not just that, but he jumps out of it so nonchalantly and just lands on his ass. And then this helicopter just hurtles into the blooming bus and blows it up. How are the people that aren't three feet away from that all dead? You know what I mean? Like, it's just nuts. And then all wrapped up. They get home. Shipwreck gives them a bit of a bit of beef about there oh look here come the tourists and um and outback's got like the face thing on i, yeah. I don't know i just find I, I found the whole thing very oh, just 
I don't know, just not it not was, in, not good enough to read for me. No. Now, this is similar-ish in a way. Do you remember that? We had a Herb Trimpe special missions. I think it was 24, Girls' Night Out or Ladies' Day or something. Yeah, Ladies', Ladies Day, Day it was. the baseball one. And yeah. th- that one was equally... Uh, yeah, far-fetched. Not, not G.I. Joey slash far-fetched, but had a lot of fun stuff going on. And I actually really enjoyed... I quite enjoyed that one. Whereas yeah. this doesn't seem to have any of the elements that made 24 pleasantly read- readable. I'm just not a fan of it. And it's a shame because it could be a really good story. It could be a really good special mission. Yeah, But there are just some things about it that just don't make sense. And that whole thing of Stork, like you just said, like kid, like threatening a guy with a knife to get the helicopter on what is effectively that his mates have just stayed out a bit too long. I mean, they're grown yeah. men. You wouldn't even think for a second anything was wrong. Like, you just wouldn't. And so I I kind of feel that... I think the whole thing is a little bit off pace a little bit. There's just a lot of odd things about it that just don't quite jive with me. And, yeah. Um, yeah. And also the whole... I don't know. Just, yeah, it's just... I'm, stroll- I'm scrolling down the bottom of my list here. I gave Special Mission 17, All in a Night's Work, a 5 out of 10. And I cannot for the life of me remember what that one was. So I'm just going to have a... <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to compare it to... Yeah. to don't know, can't find it. Um, I'm, anyway, regardless, I'm giving it a five. I'm going with a four. I just feel okay. brutal at the moment, and uh, yeah, I just you know, there's some. It, it's okay, but it's just. I mean, I, I disappointment across the board on that one. Yep. Okay. Uh, next. What are we going to next twenty eight. It's the last issue, 20, baby. Twenty eight. This is the last one. Yeah. So uh, cover here. We've got a condor. It's called condor as well. Interestingly, which is a jettisoning. We've got two stilettos. And then what's this? What's this vehicle in the front, in the foreground? That's the X nineteen, piloted by uh, Ghost Rider. And then you've, it, got then you've got the a X, couple of uh, well, there's Python patrols. They're Python patrols. Oh yes, patrol of course they are. Ones yeah. aren't they from the? And then you've interior. got the def- Defiant. Is that? Yeah, Defiant. Well, actually, that's the Crusader, isn't it? The Defiant Sorry, the is the launch pl- complex. Yep. yep. Um, so this, like no. you say, is called Condor. <laughs> Condor. Uh, script is Larry Harmer. Herb Trimpe's back on pencils. The, the regular team's back together. Phil Felix letters. Neil Yomtov colours. Again, some gorgeous artwork in it. Gorgeous artwork here. Um, this is this is the the Joes have got kind of this kind of covert stealth base, and Cobra's launching an attack as, as well as on the USS flag as well. And the the Joes have kind of put a shuttle up. They're on an observation mission, I think. Uh, up in space and then that comes back down to help out help out the joes uh, in defending the base and the flag so it's kind of an attack on double fronts here and what i do like initially is i love this this is i love this special mission where the first page is amazing anyway um, but you get kind of four or five pages of literally exposition especially of kind of military jargon and and strategy slash chat about what what's actually going on and what the plans are i love all that kind of setup stuff big time some really good like some awesome like again art within that first four pages as well like some really nice stuff i love how it transitions from like the nice clear day in utah for the for the launch to the it down deadly waves that the flag's having to deal with and I just, it's just beautiful artwork. There's loads of dynamism to it. Like some of the, the vehicles are coming out. The Tomahawk again is just, looks stunning. You've got a lot of characters in this as well. A lot of different yeah. kind of use of a lot of different characters. It's really, really interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. So Payload and uh, who's, who's the other dude? Hardtop. Hard, yeah. uh, what's their roles in terms of 
hard to is it a two-man crew well yes and no so obviously those two figures came with the the toy hardtop is the ground crew so he's the guy that's Uh, you know making sure everything like is fine on the on the deck and payload is the astronaut who goes up with the defiant when when Elvis, whenever they do uh, a launch, though, they have to have more than just the two guys uh, crew in it. Yeah, so, course, yeah. Hardtop is almost seen, I suppose, as like the lead ground crew, and then obviously there would be other guys helping out there. And then obviously at the moment in this particular story, it's Stalker, Ace, and Slipstream uh, are in with Payload, and Payload's actually he's like he's more of a spacewalker kind of guy. So um, they're all the pilot that they're, they're piloting it by the looks of things. And payload's like hardly seen. I don't even think he is seen, is he? He's only he's only heard. I think uh, payload. You get one. You get that opening panel, the vertical panel, where he is. He's saying payload and hardtop. We're out of here. Literally as they launch, and I think that's it. Is that right? Payload to hardtop. We're out of here. Even though that's stalker that's saying it. Isn't that weird? Right. Okay. I've got no idea what payload looks like. I thought that was payload. No, payload's a white guy. So okay, that's not him. Tash, with a tash. So I think because that's sto- it's supposed to be Stalker. It's definitely Stalker because it's mentioned okay. like later on. But yep. that I think that either might be a mistake or it should be over the radio as opposed to coming from because Stalker's also got his mouth closed. So I'm I'm thinking that that should have been a radio call from um, from payload to hardtop. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting that that mistake happens in in that in that part of the issue because for the rest of the time they're talking. It's definitely Stalker that they that they talk about. Yeah, because then later on, actually, yeah, Payload near the end of the issue, someone says Slipstream proceed aft and man the drone, and then Slipstream says, "Now you're talking, Payload." Yeah, that is an interesting kind of uh, maybe it's a mistake. Gaff. Yes, I think it is. I think it is a mistake. Yeah. But like, because like that, you that's said, actually supposed because that is supposed to be slipstream ace and stalker in the front. It's like they get payload wrong twice, <laughs> isn't it? Oh, so you reckon later on we're seeing pictures of ace, but slipstream's calling him payload? Yeah, that's what I think because it is slipstream ace and stalker who are supposed to be in that like who are supposed to be piloting that thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. You know, having like read through this again, because then like look at the look at the last, the the final shot, um, which I'll you know you'll see in the front three pilot seats. It's Stalker in his greens, yep. Ace in his his flight suit, and Slipstream yep. in his flight suit, and there's Payload on the side on the on the oh, yeah. on the ladder. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he has a completely different look. He's not Ace. He's not Stalker. Yet they keep referring to one or the other as Payload. <laughs> yeah. So that is a massive error, I think, on on yeah. their front, on 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 that front. That's so funny. I've never noticed that before. Yeah, probably because yeah. because I I just assumed who they were, and when I heard the payload being mentioned, I just thought it was off camera each time. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's that's really annoying. <laughs> they did that. Yeah. Anyway, carry you, on. You like you said earlier, you get a lot of guys here because then you've got. Um, Fred Seven, you've got Darklon, Wild Weasel pops up, which is nice to see, always like a bit of Wild Weasel. Yep, one of my favourites, funny enough, Dogfight and the Mud Fighter make an amazing appearance in yep. this, in this yep. issue. It feels like they knew it was the final issue, Larry loves doing aerial-based stories, so he was like, I'm going balls out, let's just get everyone involved that's, that's ever you know been in a, a, a aircraft in G.I. Joe, and let's, yeah. let's give them all something to do. Yeah, big time. And the, the the dog fight with no no pun intended with the mud fighter dog fight and the python conquests is just yep. awesome. In fact, again, 
brilliant aerial combat writing brilliant uh story and action and it's just great i loved it There's so much going on there's so much going on you my know, only and- my only downer is how it goes from this really tense final page before the final page where we've yep. got um again good shooting ace even says it in the f- yeah. and he's saying good flying payload what yeah. who is he talking to because payload isn't flying anything he's yeah. obviously talking about stalker unless he's been miscolored in the issue unless that instead of should be a black guy with a tash it should be a white guy with a tash which is another which would fix that problem from the beginning even though it's stalker in the end that you see in the last page so there's just a big error here with how that's gone about anyway so the shuttle comes back and it helps out dogfight by taking out that that last python conquest is dogfight a knockoff wild bill well, this is the thing. There are a lot of characters that we think were given different names because, not because they wanted to make more characters, but they were going to do updates of regular characters. Right. But they had either run out of uh, trademarks on those names or for whatever reason they just decided to do a different character. I think Dogfight might have been yet like an upgrade to Wild Bill. Downtown, I feel like, was an upgrade of Short Fuse because, you know, yep. blonde hair, very similar looking guy to short fuse so it could easily have been an upgrade to him heavy duty there was a feeling that was just a roadblock update and then they decided to make him a you know a cousin or something anyway um there's a few like that where they came out in like the early 90s and you think that's just an upgrade of that character but yeah um more or less yes but i love the fact that he's his own character now um again i don't have any he probably he may always have been his own character but I feel that I did feel that that vibe of Wild Bill from him, yeah. So they're coming into land, yeah. And it's like, uh, well, we've only got we've got fl- we, we can only land on the flag, and we've got to do it without an arrestor hook, and I've got to get yep. this right within like an inch of like, you know. And then it's like, oh my god! And the next, literally, the next page is it's landed hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is around it. The, the sky strikers are shooting past in the background. And Hawk's basically saying goodbye, and yeah. you've got all of the crew behind him that have been in that issue. That's a wrap up for you. But isn't it? It's just. I mean, we you joked it's last weird. time about like the last how Larry's really good at wrapping things up in the last couple of pages, yeah. and in this, it's just you don't even get any wrap up. It's just boom yeah. and bye, peace. It's like it's like oh balls. I thought we had two pages left. Now we've actually only got one. <laughs> all right, let's just do something. I don't mind it, you know, but. Like you say, one more page of story would have been nice. And I do like that last panel, but I think, like, in a way to differentiate the Crusader from the tower behind it of the um, flag, they've given it way too many panel details, and it makes it look a little bit weird and a bit funny. Do you know what I mean? Like, it looks a little bit patchy. Yeah, Yeah, I know what you're saying. In terms of ranking, what you're going, would you gave the 26... I'm giving it an 8. So you get, and how would you rank it versus the the previous eight, the twenty six slash ninety two, which you gave an eight? You I give, I give above the, that. Yeah, or below I, it? I prefer this issue. Honestly, I prefer so probably going a high one. eight on this one. Yeah, yeah, high eight. Okay, I am also giving it an eight. Uh, I think it's you know art's great. Apart from those, you know, there's a, the payload errors bug me, and the, the payload um, error is, is, is the a, last page it, doesn't. It is, a, it is a it is buggy, and but I don't. 
it doesn't necessarily detract no. from the story enough no. to say oh, blah, 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 blah. it's just so. an error it's just an error in like that everyone seemed to have missed at that, <laughs> that point yeah yeah. Or Larry wanted payload included visually, but it just never happened. And the, whoever was doing the art, which it was, um, uh, who Trimpe. was it? Trimpy again, Trimpe. yeah. yeah. So because it, you know, like whoever basic cross, it looks like cross communication to me. Yeah, cool. All right, good stuff. That that wraps up our special missions then. Um, and we'll have I'll tell you at the end of the show what people need to read for next week. But now that we've talked about the comics of G.I. Joe, we need to talk about the toys of G.I. Joe with our regular segment, Chris Talks Toys. Chris talks about toys, ho, ho. Chris talks about G.I. Joe. He talks about all the things from the comic book and animated show. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. Chris talks about toys. With a new beautiful um, theme, thanks to your wonderful singing voice. Yes, I need to actually give a shout out uh, for that. While you're giving the toy spiel, I will just quickly look up who I'm going to give a little bit of credit to that. (laughs) Okay. Right, so this one, I may have given the game away again with my gushing over it. But I am talking toys this, this week. I will be mostly talking dogfight and the mud fighter joe's ready to rattle some reptiles with a gi joe mud fighter nobody means gi joe gi joe mud fighter it flies low the ground and it's armed to the sky now i know this is kind of one of those like quirky vehicles that i think a lot of people like i don't know they, they kind of throw it on the on the dumb pile i think a lot of people do but i have again like tight nostalgia attached to this particular vehicle and yet again, I'm back in that, that holiday to in 1989 to the US that I've talked about literally every time. But I wanted to give some more um, background on that particular trip to the toy shop that I went to. Now, I can't remember, still to this day, I can't remember what toy shop it was. I know for a more or less a fact that it wasn't a Toys R Us. And I'll tell you for why in a second. I'll tell you for why. But um, so... 1989 was the year I go into this toy store and I was you know again I had like 150 pounds worth of spends to kind of rinse through so almost you know like probably about at the time a lot of dollars like it was like it was almost like friggin double you know for what you get in dollars so I had all this like money that I wanted to spend while I was in the US and I decided to spend pretty much all of it on G.I. Joe's and the first toy shop we went to, which was like it was a big like departmenty style store and it just had this big toy aisle and or oh, a couple of toy aisles and in one of them it was just all Joe's. And so this is the lineup of figures I managed to grab. So it was the 89 series, so it was Ali Viper, Annihilator, Backblast, Countdown, DJ, Deep Six Version 2, Norgahide, Heat Viper, Night Viper, Recoil, Rock and Roll, Scoop, Snake Eyes Version 3, Tundra Stalker, Target, and a, f- a few figures from the previous year which were still peg-warming, including Iron Grenadier, Storm Shadow Version 2, Lightfoot, Muskrat, Spearhead and Max, and then the Tiger Force that were out that year previous, Bazooka, Duke, Dusty, Roadblock, and Tripwire. So they're all the ah, figures. Just, they're all the single-carded figures. Then. Just, just a few. Yeah. So you can imagine my joy on this day, how this is the most magical <laughs> moment ever. Now, big. Tr- I had a big po- a push cart, or trolley, as we like to call it. And in fact, that could be my British colloquialism. That's that's had a few Americans in, in stitches in the past, calling it a trolley. And it, it was literally full 
this like full on push on tr- push along trolley of GI Joe figures carded. It was the most glorious sight you've ever seen in your life. And on top of that, we popped into a different store later on in in the holiday. So this is a different different day of the week or the three weeks we were there. And I picked I've, I've saw a vehicle, smaller vehicle, Mud Fighter with Dogfight, and I fell in love with it. I just looked at it and thought, man, this is cool. And that figure has so much personality, much like, as our little conversation said previously, while Bill has so much personality. And I felt like this guy was so intriguing and the vehicle was so weird and kooky. And I was like, I I have to have this. So, uh, like I said, 1989, it's a green, like, rear prop propeller light aircraft is all I could really describe it as, with a kind of interesting like on the end of the wings you've got like these little black kind of v wing tips that obviously that operate as wheel landing gear at the bottom of it as well so you've got the landing gear on the on the edge of the wings and on the front just at the front they're always open these two kind of like molded machine gun things underneath the nose you've got and it's covered in these like little silver bombs these little silver kind of missile things on black racks that all come off you know they're all, all removable and this rear a uh, propeller which you can kind of you know flick and, and move and everything and then this black cockpit which has no like protection it's just like it's like a, a frame with a uh, empty gaps in it so no glass or anything like that uh, i don't know what the uh, i'm guessing the version that we see in like the comics has glass because i do see like a reflection on and some of the pages so i think like the it was supposed to have glass in it obviously but in the toy version it does not and it's just i just love i think it's so quirky so interesting the box art was really dynamic again and i really loved that aspect of it too um because it had like this like swamp kind of underneath it in the in the box art so it's almost like it was like a a plane but only for fire only for flying over swamps and that's that's why it was called a mud fighter um, and I just thought it was great. And now it came with Dogfight, uh, which I thought was an interesting name for, you know, very similar to what the actual plane is. And I used to, early on when I had him, I used to get the two kind of mixed up. Is it Mudfight and the Dogfighter? I can't remember. Um, but anyway, Dogfight was really cool. Now, he's very much like Wild Bill. He's got the, the big shades. He's got big ginger tash. He's got the kind of, but he's got a different hat now. He's got like a, almost like a, um, you know, like the, what they called those hats chief they're like they're like really fancy hats that you see like officers wear with the uh the shiny brim and then like the tall kind of triangular hat element that goes on name must have it does apologies for not knowing what they're bloody called in any case he rock he's rocking that and i will have an image go up on twitter so uh, and again i'm sure i'm sure you will know what he bloody looks like he's got a a brown leather jacket white shirt underneath and then these brown pants black boots and a little molded weapon uh, gun hand pistol on his on his like right thigh uh, he also comes with a handgun that had like a little sight on it which was a bit crazy his name is james r king uh he is grade o2 from providence rhode island like many of the characters in gi joe because obviously that was where hasbro was located he was the mud fighter pilot his primary specialty secondary spe- specialty was electronics technician and his card reads thusly 
Dogfight was permanently 86th, uh, that means forcibly ejected and forbidden to return, (laughs) from every carnival and county fair in Alabama for winning too many stuffed bears. The combination of his uncanny depth perception, precise hand-eye coordination and powerful throwing arm enabled him to knock down all the wooden bottles with just one pitch. (laughs) Every time. Now, he uses those same skills to destroy Cobra Hiss 2 tanks and maggots. It's interesting they put Cobra Hiss 2 in there, because I'll I'll come to that in a second. And then the quote is, The Cobras hear the mudfighter first. That big-bladed, unducted fan makes a racket like a giant... (laughs) Go on, a giant panda bear. (laughs) Giant mutant lawnmower. Chances are good that Dogfight will be diving out of the sun with his thumb dancing a Fandango on his bomb release trigger with all the Mudfighter's guns blasting. By that time, it's far too late for evasive action or return fire. Classic card art as well. And and again, like, yeah, his actual, like, art on that particular, um, on his bio card is really, really good as well. Like, really detailed, shaded and everything. Beautiful. So, again, really cool. Now, the thing I wanted to mention about his 2 was that it was also released as a Benny's exclusive in the US in the same year uh, as a two-pack, the Mud Fighter and the Cobra Hiss 2. But Cobra's crawling back with a new Cobra Hiss. Look out! Older and better than a new Cobra Hiss. Shows them a face firepower like this. And nobody knows G.I. Joe. Be an American hero. G.I. Joe Mud Fighter comes with pilot Cobra Hiss with driver. Nobody beats G.I. Joe. In this big box, which I've actually bought recently at, well, recently, in mod, the modern times, from, I think it was like London Film, or it might have been one of the XL shows, like, or one of the MCM shows in Birmingham. But anyway, that two pack, I have, I do have a version of that. And it also, so it comes also with Dogfight and the Track Viper, who comes with the Cobra His 2. But then they'd also throw two bonus figures in there. So they were just literally throwing random figures into this, this exclusive pack. And, you know, he was just lucky what what you actually get. And I don't know what I've got in mind because it's uh, sealed. In any case, a very, very cool vehicle uh, with a cool little history. And again, uh, another thing I want to mention is that it did come out in the UK and Europe. There's there's an image of it on a on a leaflet with blue missiles in the in like for the European release. But I don't recall seeing the blue missiles making it to actually making it out there. That I could be wrong because I haven't researched that since. But I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure if the blue missiles actually made it to the release because I've seen obviously, you know, it's used in other product photography and uh, and so on and so forth with silver missiles, including a 1991 beautiful European catalogue image where it's flying through the like the ravine of this gorgeous kind of like scenery being chased by two fang twos um with a heat viper and a frag viper piloting them and i'll send you the image it's it's beautiful and it's one of those images that you just i don't know you just like absolutely fall in love with uh and funnily enough uh dogfight was called bullseye in uh, in that particular catalog. bullseye I think it's because um, not. I, I don't know why he's changed his name, but it, the the actual it's either Belgian or Dutch. Um, I believe it's a Belgian catalogue, but I, I right. it could be Dutch as well. In any case, it's freaking amazing, and I'll send you the image. It's beautiful and gorgeous, and it, it's one of the reasons why I think the Mud Fighter is one of my favourite vehicles because it, it just the way it's portrayed in this image alone, uh, the European. Dio uh, imagery is some of the best toy photography ever ever taken in anything. So, 
yep. you know so there good stuff good stuff and uh, just for completeness uh, it was Stephen Miller on Facebook who suggested uh, salt and pepper for talking about <sighs> toys so push go. it yeah. I know it's not that song but I just wanted to no. do that yeah good stuff good stuff um yeah and another toy that I, I wasn't familiar with but had and you know enjoyed the sporadic appearances in the comics so yeah good stuff good stuff yes british colloquialisms or over egging the pudding we got a pudding we're gonna egg it we got a pudding we're gonna over egg it we got a pudding we got no criticisms that means it's time for some british colloquialisms this week my choice is one that I heard yesterday and it was I wasn't in a conversation I was I wasn't eavesdropping but I was at my desk and there was a conversation behind me for some loud individuals and I overheard and this was based on they were talking about some uh, I work in kind of IT it's just boring IT IT software rubbish and uh, there was a couple of yeah exactly there was a couple <laughs> of guys talk a couple of guys talking and they were mentioning that part of our testing team was getting outsourced to hyderabad in india uh, to a team and i work in the gambling industry to a team that knows nothing about gambling and he commented that outsourcing the testing to this team was like having a chocolate teapot (laughs) Um, which um, obviously the reference there is a chocolate teapot is absolutely useless because once you put the hot water in it is just melted Speaking of absolutely useless, my yep. um, uh, yeah. So in a, in a similar in a similar vein to yours, mine is an, again a, a statement of absolutely you know being very useless. Yeah. Uh, and what it's it's a chocolate based one as well, and it's okay. It's, that's about as useful as a chocolate fire guard is one ah, I've heard. And the yes. other one, the one that that will be completely different, but is still about useless things, is a that's about as useful as a glass eye in a fog. So they're my yes. two. That chocolate, is, chocolate fire guard, and a glass eye in a fog. Especially if it was double glass eye in a fog. <laughs> exactly. But, but there you go. <laughs> At least with one good eye, you can see half the fog. Exactly. Um, but, exactly. Yeah, there you go. It is about that time where uh, Chief Bass Chris a question. Chief Bass Chris a question. What'll he say? What'll he do when Chief Bass Chris a question? This is a question that uh, it was a conversation I actually had with my daughter. Uh, just before we started this podcast, uh, post-bath, you know, we were putting her in her PJs, getting ready for story time, and she wanted to she's talk... She's 25. She's 25. <laughs> she, she wanted to talk about um, what animals eat other animals. It was a little game she wanted to play, and she was mainly mainly keeping it to uh, water-based animals for some reason my question to you is only partly based on that but it is what is your favorite sea dwelling creature does it have to be alive now so you're going to pick a dinosaur well yes (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you i'll give you two no i'll give you one and it can be a an extinct creature well, this is interesting. I've always been fascinated, fascinated with things like, you know, giant squids and yep. uh, and all those kind of creatures and stuff Plesiosaurus. like that. Um, but Okay, so Ichthyosaur and Plesiosaur were like, obviously, they were two kind of big ones. But my favourite is actually the Mosasaurus. Um, that the, was- made a, uh, the Watasaurus? The Mos- Mosasaurus, which made a, a, a big splash <laughs> the, the Mos- in Jurassic la- World. The Mosasaurus? The Mosasaurus. All oh, right. The Samosa, 
the it's a mosasaurus <laughs> yeah mosasaurus and that again like is that one of my favorites like a it's like basically it's like a huge friggin alligator it's not but it's it's massive and fat but it's just massive and obviously they exaggerated the size of the biggest known one to exist in jurassic world um but it's still really cool for me uh yeah and so that would be the prehistory version um in modern times i've always been fascinated with like i said the you know giant squids but then i think for me it's got to be the whale shark right such a weird creature okay good stuff good stuff there'll be more potentially animal related questions next week or maybe food related questions i don't know um or maybe something other who knows i don't even know i make it up on the spot um (laughs) but you'll be sure there will be another question next week uh, in talking about next week, uh, if you want to do their homework and read ahead, we will be covering Real American Hero 93 to 96. Excited to say we've got a Mr. Chad Bowers coming on the show. Uh, we had an interview with him uh, quite, a, quite a few months ago now, but he is coming back onto the show because he wants to discuss the Snake Eyes trilogy. Give him his full name. Mr. Chad Lee Bowerton Esquire the <laughs> Third. I think that's his name, I'm not sure. I'm sure there's a Harrington in there as well, but yeah, yeah. that's, that's close. Uh, Yep, so make sure you read up 93 to 96. Uh, we're kicking into high gear with those bad boys. Catch us in all the usual places. TalkingJoeComics at gmail.com. TalkingJoeComics on Instagram. Talking underscore Joe on Twitter. And Talking Joe, a G.I. Joe podcast on Facebook. And also, I will quickly sneak in before we can tell the good folk where to find you, sir. Um, I Something arrived in the post for me today which is an exclusive piece of merchandise. I'm not going to say any more. I'll be sending a version to Chris. He has no idea what it is. Hopefully, Hopefully that will wing its way over to him in the next few days. Hopefully <laughs> he likes it. Uh, we will then be able to show the listeners. And um, I might even be able to get my hands on a few more that we might be able to make available to listeners if they want some. Ooh, intrigue. Who knows what it is? Only I do. Um, there you go. <laughs> Uh, where can people find you, sir? Diagnostic80 on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that. Christopher McLeod on Facebook, if you're being really stalkerish. And then obviously the full force is on Podbean, iTunes. Or Payload It, or Payloadish. Yeah, or Ace-ish, or Slipstreamish. Anyway, uh, <laughs> or the full force podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, everywhere pretty much. And Patreon. Get on Patreon and give yeah, us money. Do we it, love it. Do it. Give some money. Excellent. With all that said and done, we will catch you down the road. Bye.